Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a new mini episode to help everyone with some quick lessons to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. Gymnastics Prehab, a step-by-step guide. This week's mini podcast episode is a sneak peek of our brand new Hero Lab lecture, Gymnastics Prehab, a step-by-step guide, which will be released next week. Dave covers everything from what is prehab, why foam rolling helps, examples of exercises, and easy-to-use circuits, giving you the knowledge and tools to build your own prehab circuits for your athletes. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. Uh, Dave here, and I'm really excited to share a lecture that has been very, very popularly requested in the last, uh, definitely in the last three to four months, but I think this is something that's kind of always been on people's minds since we put out our PDF uh, prehab guide, what was that, like two or three years ago, but uh, essentially, a lot of people asked me, you know, can you give us a summary of, you know, what prehab is and what exercises to do for prehab, why to do them? And then they wanted to really get some just like very quick, easy to use one page examples of some prehab circuits that I've made and that I've used in the gym. And so that's kind of what I did here is I went through and essentially put together, you know, what things I feel go into prehab and why. Um, and then I went through and I kind of made some sample uh, exercise, you know, uh, slides to check out, you know, what are some examples of those exercises that fit in those categories. And then I lastly put together a, a, a spreadsheet in a Word document that essentially has like, all right, here's an example for ankle prehab and hip prehab and back prehab. Uh, and I gave that to our team and the team put together a wonderful kind of PDF that you guys will probably see inside the back end of the Hero Lab. So wanted to start here and just kind of explain what my thoughts are and why I uh, think that way. And then also, you know, some of the ideas behind those things. So prehab background, right? So prehab is essentially what's called preventative rehabilitation. So the contest here is that, you know, we can't really prevent all injuries, right? We're not going to just be like, all right, if we do these four exercises, we'll never sprain our ankle. Or if we do these, you know, uh, exercises for our wrists, you know, we can just go crazy and do as many pommel circles as we want. Like that's not at all what the concept of prehab is. And so prehab really is also not anything that helps us predict injuries, right? And I think that's a buzzword here, you know, preventing injuries, predicting injuries. Those are buzzwords inside of the sports medicine world right now, because that's what everyone is trying to do. But the reality is that injuries are extremely complex, right? Gymnastics is extremely, you know, uh, high, high risk sometimes because it has very, very hard, challenging skills. We have young athletes who are working inside the sport. And the reality is that we're probably not going to be able to prevent all the injuries by doing a prehab pro- program. And we're also probably not going to be able to predict when someone will get an injury. And we can't really, you know, be that optimistic and think that, oh, if we just do these things, you know, our, our you know, magic days will come upon us and we'll never have to worry about these things again. Okay. It's really all about risk. And so what prehab is, is prehab is kind of looking at the literature that we have and saying, okay, what do we know about gymnastics? What do we understand about the injuries or the problems that gymnasts have? What can we do to reverse engineer some really good science that we have on why these injuries occur and then break down some things about, okay, what can we do from either a strength and conditioning point of view or a soft tissue management point of view or a, a planning point of view to mitigate risk? Okay, risk is really what we're going for here. By doing these exercises, we can't guarantee that someone is not going to have a problem, but we can reduce the risk of something going uh, wrong and maybe somebody having an issue down the road. And like I said, there are really, really good bodies of research out there on workloads, on soft tissue management, on other sports, uh, on, on what types of injuries occur and why they occur. You know, why do people get rotator cuff irritations or slap tears? Why do people get stress fractures in their back? Why do people get OCD in their elbow? Why do people get 
uh, ACL tears. You know, why do these things occur? We do have some good data that supports what contributing factors might go into these things about risk. So we can take some preventative uh, actions to hopefully reduce the risk on the front end of that before there's pain, before there's an injury. Okay, prehab is definitely not a magic pill or a silver bullet. That is something that I uh, unfortunately see a lot in the gymnastics exercising world is that, you know, you, your ankle hurts, go do your TheraBand ankle exercises. Or, you know, you your back hurts, go do your 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 hip foam rolling, right? Um, and I think that's, you know, the concept is there in theory that I definitely want you to, to take action. I don't want you to just do nothing. But um, you can't just expect random TheraBand exercises to make your ankle stronger and make your pain go away, right? You can't replace prehab for rehab. That's really, really dangerous. Um, and it's also not an excuse just to kind of go crazy in training. I think, like, okay, if we do these prehab circuits, then we can do as many beam series as we want and people's back won't hurt. Or we can do as many times tumbling on the hard floor if we want and no one's ankle will hurt, right? That's not that's not really what this is here. And I think not everywhere in gymnastics by any means, but I do see sometimes that this prehab concept is thrown around as kind of like the ultimate, uh, you know, excuse almost to to go ahead and do whatever you want. And that's definitely not the, uh, the, the case here. So, on top of that, all medical providers will know that it is very, very different treating someone who has pain versus somebody who does not have pain and you're trying to help build their capacity or get ahead of an issue. So we definitely, like I just said, do not want to say like, oh, your ankles are sore, go do your ankle therabands, right? Or, oh, your back hurts, go over and do all of your, your core work, right? That's not the time and the place for those things. So please do not take the uh, sheets that we give you and you know essentially just put those in a binder and say like, okay, when someone's blank hurts, go over and do the sheet, right? That's not only is that extremely morally and ethically wrong, it's also extremely dangerous. So you do not want to be doing that. Uh, you want to be, again, using these things as preventative measures for someone who maybe, um, you know, has, a, has a, a risk of going something like that. You know, if someone's young and growing and their, their risk of maybe having some growth plate irritation is higher, it might be beneficial to do some ankle or some wrist prehab, right? If somebody has an old injury, and they've been cleared from that injury, say they hurt their back, they hurt their knee, and you're trying to stay on top of that to make sure that as you get into competition season, things don't come back, that is a perfect place to work with a medical provider and do some preventative rehabilitation, okay? It is definitely not a good idea to just go on YouTube, to go on Shifts YouTube, to be honest, to go on Instagram, to go on TikTok, and just find a bunch of prehab exercises, slap them all into a circuit, give those to your athletes, right? Like I think there's definitely a value in learning from the internet. And I think I've learned a lot from social media and people who are doing really good, high quality information on there. But it is a really, really risky situation to take all those exercises, put them into a circuit, and then just bring them on over to a uh, you know binder or a group of athletes and say like, hey, we're going to do these because I saw them and they worked for this athlete or you know this, this coach who I follow who is really, really well known says these are really, really helpful. Um, there's definitely the idea of seeing what they're doing, researching it on your own, talking to a medical provider, and then figuring out which one of those can you add to your routine or which ones do you think would fit well, okay? So that is what it is not. What it is, is it's a series of categories or principles, really, right? It's about different buckets that are really important based on the literature. And then we have a bunch of different exercises that can go into that to help out, right? So we'll talk about soft tissue management, right? So soft tissue management, say shoulder soft tissue management, that could be foam rolling of your lats, that could be a lacrosse ball to your teres major, that could be specific stretching using a stick stretch, that could be eccentric chin-up lowers to get your lats longer, that could be um, some partner-assisted light stretching, right, that's in the properly done way. There's a lot of different exercises that could go into that category of soft tissue management with the principle behind it being that 
The more you do gymnastics, the stiffer you get. Unfortunately, as you grow, you get stiffer. What can we do to stay ahead of some of those flexibility losses that say if our shoulders get really tight, we know that maybe that puts more stress on our wrist or that puts more stress on our back when we do gymnastics. So that is what it really is, is is these principles, right, that we're going to put things into. We have a bunch of them, soft tissue care, joint-specific strength, dynamic stability. I'll review all these, okay? What we really want to make sure that it is, it's a science-based area of training. Like I just said, it is not the place to go on random YouTube videos and just pull out things that don't really have good scientific literature behind them. Pardon me. Um, we want to make sure that what we are researching and what we're using are things that have good science behind them, right? So we know from other sports, baseball, overhead athletes, that shoulder mobility, soft tissue care is really, really important. We know from um, other areas of the sports medicine world, like jumping and landing patterns are really, really important for knee injuries. We know that, you know, making sure that our hips stay nice and uh, pain-free or reduce the risk of that pain coming on. We need really good glute strength. We need really good ratios of our uh, adductors to our outer glutes, right? So our glute med and our glute men should be just as strong, if not stronger, in relationship to our groin. Not going to be a one-to-one, but we want to definitely make sure we're not neglecting that area. So we do have good science to support these categories and why we're doing these things. And it for sure is a collaborative effort, right? Like a coach should be working with a medical provider who should be talking with that gymnast about what injuries they have or what things they're trying to stay ahead of, who should also be talking to a parent, who should be talking to a strength conditioning coach. All these people really do need to be talking to each other to make sure that the gymnast is getting the best delivered care they can possibly do. All right, so three things before we get into the nitty gritty of actual circuits, I want to really make sure I'm clear on. So number one is that above all those things I just talked about, soft tissue, stretching, uh, you know, strengthening exercises, dynamic stability, balance work, if you have a culture that is not supportive of a prehab program and this preventative mentality and kind of staying ahead of problems, it doesn't matter what you do, okay? You can never bring a technical solution to a cultural problem. If you have cultural problems in your gym, whether that's the, you know, the, the people who are working on staff are not willing to learn or the gymists themselves are maybe having some issues with uh, mood and, you know, listening and following the actual assignments and safety, those things are by far and away going to be the bigger problem you have to deal with, okay? I could spend 20 hours with you and make you the best prehab program that is science-based, has every nook and cranny worked out. It doesn't matter if the people who are at the gym are frankly just being mean or just kind of being standoffish. Um, they're not willing to learn anything or they're, they're not really willing to communicate with anybody. You, it's not going to do anything. It's just going to sit in the, in the binder and you're going to go say do it and the kids won't do it or you're going to you know, try to teach it to a coach and it's, it's not going to be received well at all. And they're, they're never going to carve out time uh, to do it or teach athletes how to do it properly. It's a complete waste of time. So if you find yourself wanting to find prehab exercises because your athletes are injured all the time or they have problems all the time where they can't seem to train well, take a step back and be like, okay, do we have any cultural issues that we need to deal with before we try to implement this program? I know that's a larger, more daunting uh, plan or issue, but just to kind of say that, that that's just a brutal reality, right? Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. If you would like to hear the rest of the gymnastics prehab lecture, head over to the Hero Lab, relaunched with a brand new look with a website that's now more user-friendly to help coaches easily locate and access the tools to change gymnasts' lives.
Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests you want to have on in the future. And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful and that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.